Keith here, Rebel Civics. The Rebel Civics show on Unsafe Space Network is an education discussion show on the principles of government, society, and individual rights. Today, I want to talk about we got censored. Yep, Unsafe Space was spanked by the YouTube overlords for a, we got a one-week suspension for quote-unquote medical misinformation. Um Disclaimer for this show, no medical procedures or information will be discussed, but far worse for the overlords, I'm going to talk about some facts on the limited legal authority of the federal government. So watch at your own risk. I may actually quote from the Constitution. So I think that's even worse than going up against Big Pharma and the CDC. <clears throat> anyway, the suspension was for an episode a year ago. It was September 20th, if you want to go watch it on Rumble or the um, unsafe space website. Uh, it is no longer on YouTube. Apparently some Karen watched it. That's our guess. Um, why they would censor a year later, um, and spank us. Um, so we got another, uh, check mark against us, another strike as they call it. Um, we're suspended from a week from the main channel. So if you are actually watching this, uh, I never know if anybody's watching, uh, you're not watching it on the main YouTube channel. Um, but we are on a lot of other platforms, so we encourage you to watch it on the website, watch it on Odyssey, watch it on on um, Rumble, if you can deal with the clunkiness of Rumble. So uh, Alex reviewed the whole episode. It's a two-hour episode. Uh, there's a couple possibilities, but it isn't obvious. Um, Beverly appealed, and it was immediately denied. They said they thoroughly reviewed it. Um, it's a two-hour episode, so it's hard to understand how they thoroughly reviewed it. Uh, maybe a bot thoroughly reviewed it. Uh, it's not obvious why we got suspended, but there was some medical procedures discussed and they showed a CDC chart. Um, so there was some information um, from the CDC. And Carter made a amusing analogy about wine and salt. Um, maybe Karen didn't like that. But either way, think about this as a practice for going to... Uh, watch us somewhere else other than the main YouTube channel. <clears throat> and who knows how long we'll be on YouTube. So anyway, that's the reason I'm doing this episode. Um, but really what I want to talk about is censorship itself. Um, that's a topic that interests me, not really YouTube's procedures. So the first question, uh, of course, is always private companies. So we hear about this often. You hear the uh, I call it the Libertarian 101, and this is not to disparage people who are new to libertarian and individual rights philosophies, um, with libertarian being uh, the, the simple form is don't hit people, don't take their stuff. Um, often you hear people that are new to this philosophy say, it's a private company. YouTube can do whatever they want, um, which is true. Uh, they can do what they want as far as the First Amendment goes. So that does counter the argument that YouTube violated the First Amendment. But there's more to the question than that. Uh, first off, um, the private and public company is a blurry line made by the government rules. Um, so it is a private company. It's not the government. The First Amendment is about the government. It's not about private companies. It's a limitation on what the government can do. But there are other limitations on YouTube. Uh, there is a user agreement. Uh, they do have policies. There is a, essentially, it's a contract. When you sign up for YouTube, you're signing up for something. You have a contract. So there are terms of service, and there's limitations on what they can do. So 
the way I see it, YouTube is violating the contract, the terms of service. So they're censoring in violation of the terms of the agreement that I signed up for when I got my YouTube account. Um, doing so a year later just makes it worse. Um, if you've, uh, I've never had children, but if you're teaching children something, you don't spank them a year later for saying a curse word, right? Uh, that's not really helpful. So it's not going to train us as far as unsafe space goes. Um, all it's going to do is maybe we should take down all the Kefefe break episodes from a year ago in case Karen watches them again. So anyway, but back to the censorship, um, the lesson, any lesson that we would learn from this is don't rely on YouTube forever to be a way to get the message on Liberty out. That's the lesson it teaches me. And uh, I already knew that lesson. So, um, so I'm not going to talk about uh, medical misinformation. So in the, um, also for, for social media companies, uh, the same thing applies to other media. So there's, you know, mass media or legacy media. Um, can they censor? Sure. Uh, there is a difference between mass media, legacy media in the form of newspapers, TV, magazines, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, they are often biased. They're opinion, often opinion journals. Uh, newspapers have an opinion column. They have editorials. Um, they're not the same as a platform provider. So there's a difference between a content uh, a platform provider like YouTube, which is closer to the phone company than, say, you know, Newsweek or the New York Times. Um, so when YouTube censors, uh, that's not too far off from the phone company listening to our conversations. And if you start talking about a medical procedure they disagree with, they take your cell phone service away. Um, that's how YouTube should be operating. And that is what they say in their, uh, in their terms of service years ago when I first signed up, yeah. that's still censorship and it's censorship at the behest of, of some other entity. So they say they're doing uh, information. Um, they're providing truthful information, um, but it would be interesting if anybody goes back to Rumble or the Unsafe Space website or um, Odyssey and watches the September 20th 2021 Kofefi break. See if he can figure out what it is that upset Karen. So anyway, that's that's the one kind of censorship. Um, and again, the Libertarian 101 argument is yes, but. So the question is, why does YouTube do this? So then we have to get into federal government censorship and, and any any which includes three later agencies, anybody that works for the federal government. Um, that's another kind of censorship. Um, so when the federal government is censoring, that's what the First Amendment is about. So I'm going to read it. I got my pocket constitution here. Hope everybody has one. So the First Amendment says, and I'm just going to read the part about freedom of speech. Congress shall make no law respecting the freedom of speech or of the press. That's what it says. And the Congress shall make no law is key to that. Uh, Congress is not allowed to regulate speech or the press. Now, the First Amendment is just a reminder of that. It doesn't actually require anything or mandate anything. Uh, if First Amendment was not present, if the Bill of Rights was never signed, passed, and ratified, Congress still has no authority to make any law regarding freedom of speech or of the press 
because all Congress authority is explicitly laid out in Article One of the Constitution. And there is nothing in those two pages of this book that gives Congress any power to regulate speech or the press in any manner. So Congress is not allowed to do it because it's not in Article One. The First Amendment is just a reminder, but it's clear Congress shall make no law. Um, and as an aside, that Congress shall make no law should be in front of all the amendments. Uh, that is the intent. If um, it's not often covered, but read the preamble to the to the Bill of Rights when it was sent out for ratification. It was entirely about limiting the federal government. Uh, the whole reason for the Bill of Rights was to get some of the states that were reluctant to ratify the Constitution because they thought the federal government powers were too open uh, in the 1787 version. Uh, they wanted to better limit the federal government. And that's what the Bill of Rights is. It was, a, it was amendments to further restrict the federal government. Um, I'm going to do a show later on the incorporation doctrine, as it's called. This is the uh, uh, bogus, I'll say, legal theory that the uh, Bill of Rights is incorporated on the states and that the federal government has power to enforce the Bill of Rights on the states. So, for example, when I said about Congress shall make no law, the Second Amendment could be written, I think it probably should have been because it would save some arguments, but it should have been Congress shall make no law regarding the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Um, it's the same thing. That's, that is what that means because all the Bill of Rights uh, has that. Read the preamble. It helps understand that. So anyway, that's, uh, I'm just going to call that direct censorship. So no, Fauci, uh, NIAID, the CDC, NIH, like none of those can have any legal authority to censor anything. So, for example, when the um, uh, information was coming out uh, to you over the last two years, medical information was coming out and Fauci directly censored and caused censored and spent U.S. tax dollars censoring information he didn't want to go out, get out. Uh, so did the CDC, so did NIH. Uh, the whole NIAID organization did, um, the president did. So, no, that's clearly a violation of the First Amendment. Any politician, anybody that works for the federal government that took the oath to support and uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States as part of their office, which includes everyone in Congress, um, they violated their oath of office. It's actually a, re a reason to remove them from office for that. Um, another type of censorship um, is when they collude with private companies. So private and public, I'm lumping them together because they're really the same thing. So there's either government or there's private. That's what I mean by that. So a company that is held publicly, um, as far as the First Amendment goes, is the same as private. We're, we're talking about YouTube's not government. Um, that's what I mean by private. The federal government is not allowed to collude or enter a partnership with a private corporation or a, an individual to get around the First Amendment. And that's what they're doing here. Uh, another form is through funding. So we have government-funded scientists, for example. Uh, if you did a survey, uh, the survey is going to come back that 99.9% .9 of government-funded scientists agree that more government funding is needed for climate change, say. Insert X problem. 
So another way the government censors and controls information out to the public and skirts the First Amendment is by funding scientists. They're not allowed to do that either. Um, they also do the same thing with legacy media outlets. Right? They, um, they influence uh, what major TV networks do because they control access to the government to, for the TV networks. So, a, um, for example, a, an exec, a um, reporter for CN, CNBC, say, that has a White House press pass and can go to White House conferences, uh, CNBC has to be careful what they say about the federal government because they might take the press pass away or they might throw them out of a conference. So that access to federal government is critical for legacy media. That's why you should watch alternative media like Unsafe Space because we don't have that access and we don't care about that part. Uh, so we're willing to to talk around that and state a fact that, say, Fox News might not be willing to say. Um, the other influence that the the major media has often has is advertiser dollars. Uh, the big pharma, for example, has over the last several decades gotten larger and larger share of advertising dollars. And I'm not against advertising; I'm all for it. Um, but recognize that all the major TV networks have a significant, uh, in some cases, majority of their income in pharmaceutical ads. So you can be quite sure that they're careful what they say that goes against pharmaceutical companies. So there's another type of censorship that comes through money and through corporations and through the government. Um, so these are all different types of censors. So I'm kind of dividing the two into like government direct censorship, which is, you know, Fauci, for example, directly spending money to squash the Barrington resolution and indirect where they do a skirt around um, the First Amendment by going through private corporations and funding sources and funding scientists. You know, Fauci has doled out almost a trillion dollars in his lifetime, um, in his career, uh, handing out a trillion dollars uh, from D.C., uh, that gets a lot of power. So if, if you want to talk about censorship violating the First Amendment, like Fauci has spent a trillion dollars, uh, he can certainly do whatever he wants through his channels to censor a person, to shut down somebody. Um, and he's violating the First Amendment. He's doing an end around the First Amendment using funding, using his power, uh, using his ability to control uh, drugs becoming uh, going to market, um, and the revolving door between all of the three-letter government agencies and the pharmaceutical companies. So all that is really censorship. Uh, if you haven't seen Senator Josh Fowley's interview of Chris Cox, Facebook exec, uh, this is going to be, I'm going to play it. Um, this is going to be my like sixth or seventh time watching it. It's a great fact check. Um, Chris Cox, to, kudos to him. He's, he's candid. He's uh, pretty open. Um, and Senator Crowley uh, does a great job in the interview. Uh, it's worth watching just to understand how to interview and draw out the, the facts in a fact check. Plus, what he reveals here is stunning. So let's watch this. Um, go ahead, Beverly. Want to play that link? This is Senator Josh Crowley uh, interviewing Chris Cox under oath in Congress. Uh 
Mr. Cox. Senator Holly. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Cox, I know that Facebook has said in the past that it's their position as a private company, you're not subject to the First Amendment. I, I assume that hasn't changed. Is that right? That's correct, Senator. But uh, the United States government is subject to the First Amendment. I think we can probably all agree on. Hopefully we can. Hopefully that's still true in this country. Um, is it appropriate for Facebook to work with the United States government to avoid the First Amendment, help the U.S. government avoid the First Amendment? Uh, Senator, we do think it is uh, sometimes appropriate to be in contact with government and with government organizations. To help them avoid the First Amendment? Senator, I'm not sure what, what specifically you're referring to. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think it's appropriate to work with the United States government to target private individual speech that is constitutionally protected? Senator, I'm not aware of, of that. Hmm. Well, let me um, let me educate you. On July 16th, 2021, Facebook, an employee at Facebook wrote to the Department of Health and Human Services saying, and I quote, I know our teams met today to better understand the scope of what the White House expects from us on misinformation going forward. On July 23rd, 2021, a Facebook employee thanked HHS, quote, for taking the time to meet earlier today and wanted to make sure you saw the steps we just took this past week to adjust policies and what we are removing with respect to misinformation. This included, and I'm still quoting, increasing the strength of our demotions for COVID and vaccine-related content. On April 7th, 2021, a Facebook employee thanked the CDC for responding to misinformation queries, and I quote, we'll get moving now to be able to remove all but that one claim as soon as the announcement and authorization happens. On July 28th of this year, a Facebook employee reached out to CDC about, quote, doing a monthly misinfo debunking meeting. The CD responded, yes, we would love to do that. Sure they would. On July 20th, 2021, Clark Humphrey at the White House, who's digital director of the COVID-19 response team, emailed Dave Sumner at your company, among others, asking any way we can get this pulled down and cited a specific Instagram account Within 46 seconds, your company responded and said, yep, on it. That sounds like what in the law we call a pattern and practice of meeting, coordinating, and colluding with the United States government to target particular speech that no one in any of these emails alleges is incitement, which would not be constitutionally protected, no one in any of these emails alleges it directly encourages violence, which would not be constitutionally protected. So it appears to all be constitutionally protected speech on, I might add, very politically sensitive topics that Facebook is directly working with the U.S. government to target and remove. Is that your company policy to do this kind of thing? Senator, we were, we were quite public about our uh, cooperation with uh, health organizations during the unprecedented time of COVID. We knew that people expected and wanted accurate information on our platform. We had conversations with the CDC, with the World Health Organization, and with other public health organizations, not just in the U.S., but abroad, in order to understand how to help sure, make sure that folks weren't getting information that could cause imminent harm. 
Fair enough. So you're, you're saying that this this was, in fact, company policy to have these kinds of meetings with HHS, with the CDC, with the White House directly, that you did engage in in this behavior, and you think that it was entirely fine. Is that your testimony? Senator, I do believe it's appropriate for companies like ours to be in consultation with public health organizations and with government. And and you you can confirm that things like taking down a private Instagram account and uh, adjusting your policies at the behest of, of the White House uh, and putting into place misinformation policies at the behest of CDC, that, that those things you think are appropriate. This was company policy to do so. Is that fair to say? Senator, I'm not familiar with the Instagram account specifically that you're referencing, but we do know that people expected and hoped from the platforms that we would help them get accurate information about COVID during the unprecedented time, especially at the beginning. Well, isn't there a difference between you as a platform putting forward information and censoring your users at the behest of the White House, the administration more broadly in the CDC? Isn't there a distinction there? We specifically uh, wanted to work with public health experts to understand the relationship between information and behavior. And so we did consult with the CDC, the World Health Organization, and others uh, to understand how the, the platform policies we built were affecting public health. Well, you didn't, just, you didn't just consult with them to understand how they affected public health. You actually censored on their behalf. I mean, you, you took these emails. I'm just quoting from a sample of them which, by the way, have been disclosed in litigation. These, these emails show that you took censorship steps. You took down accounts. You planned misinformation policies. You adjusted your policies at the behest of the United States government. I mean, that, that's not just some theoretical thing. That's actually targeting your user's speech. But you're, you're, I appreciate your forthrightness, by the way. So, but you're saying that, that was, you think that's fine and that was your policy. Senator, we... We've been public about our policies on COVID misinformation specifically, as well as on misinformation generally. And so you think there's not, you're not concerned about any of this, nothing that I just read to you, you're not concerned about it at all. Respectfully, Senator, I think the balance of how to protect free expression as well as public safety is a difficult issue, but it's one we're committed to working with outside experts and publishing our work. Well, um, I appreciate you being so forthright. As I said, this is actually from litigation between the state of Missouri and the state of Louisiana and the federal government. I, I anticipate that your remarks under oath today are going to be very interesting and helpful to that litigation. I'll just say this. My view is, is that the United States government is bound by the First Amendment. They cannot encourage or coerce or incite or collude with a private party to get around the First Amendment, but you've just said to me today that that's basically what they did, that you coordinated with them repeatedly over a pattern of months and years to adjust and target your speech policies for protected speech at the behest of the United States government. I have to tell you, I've got a big problem with that, and I think all your users should too. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Okay. Uh I think uh, we knew that that sort of thing was going on, but uh, consider this a great fact check. Um, it's not a revelation to me, but to some people, I think this is a stunning revelation. A um, couple comments. Uh, again, uh, Senator Josh Crowley did a great did a great job. Uh, that's uh, that's how a good attorney or a prosecutor would draw out a witness to actually find the truth. Um, and the truth here is that Facebook at the behest of the United States government, um, various agencies within it, and including the White House, uh, 
did censorship to get around the First Amendment. So that is how the federal government gets around the First Amendment. Now, that's a Facebook example. Um, and before, um, even though I don't like Facebook for doing this, uh, I wouldn't want my social media company to do this. Uh, I applaud Jeremy Kaufman and the Odyssey uh, platform for not doing this. Uh, I can't imagine Jeremy Kaufman getting called into Congress. Actually, that would be fun to watch um, and getting this same kind of an interview um, in Congress. But you have to keep in mind here that when the CEO of a social media company, which included Mark Zuckerberg, um, Twitter executives, YouTube executives, other social media, other uh, large social media platforms, they get hauled into Congress, put under oath, and get grilled about their practices. Um, any large company that's like long past the entrepreneur, small company thing, they're well into the regulatory capture phase of, of their business. All these social media companies are way past that. Um, and you better believe, I th wonder what I would do if I was the head of, say, YouTube, and I got called into Congress and read the Riot Act. Um, I hope I would stand by my principles, but it's a publicly traded company with stockholders. Uh, if Congress goes down pretty hard on them and ignores the First Amendment and the three-letter agencies and the White House do, um, you can see people in these social media companies when the White House calls and said, uh, we don't really like what this Instagram account person is saying about this and that. Um, the response is, yeah, we're, we're on it. Um, so I get it. It makes you appreciate companies like Odyssey even more that, that are willing to stand up to this. Um, so that particular fact check was about uh, Facebook, but I think it's reasonable to assume you could extend that same thing to all the major social media companies and probably most of the legacy mass media companies, TV, print, uh, all that stuff. Um, the three-letter agencies and the White House are in partnerships with social media and the big pharmacy companies. So when we say these companies are private, um, I don't think that should be viewed as really true. There's a there's a collusion. There's a coordination. There's a there's an arrangement. Financial, business, power, uh, regulation. Uh, when when uh, Facebook. When, the, when Congress first talked to Zuckerberg about regulating social media companies, Zuckerberg's reaction is, sure, we'll help. Like, if you own one of the biggest social media platforms in the United States, uh, or managed it, not owned it, but ran it, and you had the opportunity to write the legislation that Congress was going to pass to um, regulate your industry, your industry, sure. Facebook uh, would easily be able to insert legislation that would make it difficult for, say, Odyssey to start up, make it difficult for Parler to compete with Twitter. Um, well, that's that's uh, called the legacy capture. I want to make one other comment. Um, Chris Cox at Facebook, and he's a high-level Facebook exec, Carly Colton director. Um, he kept saying unprecedented. Now, I assume Chris Cox doesn't know that the American War for Independence was fought during a smallpox 
epidemic, uh, very, a really bad smallpox epidemic was going on at that time. Uh, they fought the war. Uh, there's a great meme with George Washington that just says, you're a bunch of pansies. We fought a war during a smallpox epidemic. Um, if anyone, this is my opinion, but uh, from reading the founders, even the biggest big government proponents, you know, Alexander Hamilton types that that wanted all one uh, main central government and the states to be administrative units. I don't believe that any of those guys that would would have gone along with what is happening right now, what Senator, what the senator just found out from the Facebook, which he just proved in that fact check. Um, I think there's a good possibility that if that was attempted to happen during the smallpox epidemic, like say, you know, something like what happened over the last two years, uh, restricting communication uh, specifically, uh, let alone uh, medical procedure influence. Um, if there was any hint that the federal government would ever have the power to restrict information going out to the public or to get involved in, in healthcare at all, uh, I suspect the constitution would never have been ratified. Like, I don't know what would we like today um, Maybe something similar would have happened or maybe another version would have happened. But you can believe the, those guys in Philly in 1787 when they were finishing uh, writing this. Um, and it was, uh, by the way, last Sunday was September 17th. That's the day that the Constitution uh, was sent to the states for ratification for the individual states. Like that's uh, Constitution Day, as they call it. Um, if there was any hint at that time that this sort of thing could happen, I don't think the Constitution would have been ratified. Uh, they would have been just astounded at this. This is not what they wanted the general government to do. So anyway, there's my fact check episode. Like I said, I want to keep this short. Um, pay attention to what these guys are up to. And uh, again, I kind of understand Chris Cox's position. Um, he's a high-level exec of a company with the board of directors and publicly traded ownership. Uh, it's another reason, as Carter has said, don't let your company go public. Um, he's he's operating on behalf of the board and the owners of the company, and he's hauled in to Congress to testify. Um, the problem here that I want to highlight isn't really the social media companies. It's the federal government using the social media companies as an end around to violating the First Amendment. And I think Unsafe Space just got a little taste of this. So, all right, that's all for now. Um, I'll see you next week on Rebel Civics. Thanks for watching. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server, which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space dangerous ideas have been detected. It would be better for your health if you forgot what you just heard. That should be easy for someone of your 
Intelligence. The following co-conspirators are hereby ordered to watch CNN. Experts agree that 87,000 new tax collectors will make inflation feel like less of a problem. I think we can agree that the FBI's track record speaks for itself. If you think about it, only government-sanctioned experts should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.